I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor the Podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Cheers. Cheers, baby girl. I'm going to be done with that thing before we utter one word. <laughs> yeah. So just like with anything, we had a few technical difficulties to get our startup going, but what? we are here now. Technical difficulties. What? Yes, I am technically inept when it comes to electronics. Roger that. That's why you married who you married. Absolutely. So a big thank you to Kurt at BC's Pizza for allowing us to come on site and podcast from one of their booths. Absolutely. One of the best places ever to come and have you a nice pizza and a couple of beers and watch some sports. Just hang out and have a good time. They have a good family environment and a good bar environment. They're pretty separated, so you don't really have a problem with noise on the bar side, getting over to the family side. You can still watch sports on the family side. It's a pretty great place. I'm actually watching uh, highlights right now as we're podcasting. Wonderful. Yeah, we like to come here on weekdays for their happy hour. We end up having a nice beer, and we get a small personal size pizza included. The girls love the pizza, so we can get a beer for us, a pizza for them. We'll throw in a couple wings, maybe a salad bar, depending on how we're feeling. They have a a nice setup here. We really enjoy coming here. And kudos to whoever's picking the beer selection as well, because they usually have a really good one. Really good one. Nice rotation. We can come looking for different types, and they almost always have something of a type we're looking for for that particular week. Really enjoy it. Absolutely. So this week has been quite interesting in the world of government, politics, military, just quite a wide range of things going on in this, well, in the United States and in the world. I know we sometimes just look at what's happening in our local area or what's happening in the the United States, but there really is quite a few things going on. One being the climate change conference, which we talked about last week. I've, I follow, I personally follow AOC. I don't know if you do, but I'm on Instagram and I follow her. She has some interesting stories sometimes. And they really are stories because they don't feel like they are based in reality. I don't believe they are. I think she works off a Hollywood script. I don't know who writes her script for her, but it's quite interesting, the, the uh, stuff she talks about. It is. You know, I was listening, or sorry, it wasn't listening. It was a paragraph that she put on her stories, and someone had asked her why they didn't do this via Zoom or, or some other uh, mechanism for saving on climate change, not taking the airplanes, not... You know, saving us a little. You're talking about climate change, and here you are going out and and jet-setting to Scotland and contributing to the climate change you're there to fight. And her response was, well, you know, some things have to be done in person. Negotiations should be done in person. You have better outcomes. I was thinking, isn't that the truth for anyone who wishes to get any decision done? Like, if you meet face-to-face... By her argument, if you meet face-to-face, then you'll have a better opportunity and outcome to come to said agreement. Isn't that actually encouraging people to travel more, if that's your argument, that that's what it takes to get things done? Absolutely. An interesting thing is I looked up some stories today about climate change, 
and we don't usually plug other news organizations, but uh, CBS News has said that the climate summit was an absolute failure. How is it an absolute failure? I mean, all these world leaders came together after Trump got us out of the Paris Climate Agreement, which was really good for us, and now we're back in Scotland agreeing to another set of climate change programs. How is this not the best thing ever? That's exactly what was talked about in the article, was the fact that there was no headway made by any nation until the last hour when the U.S. and China entered into an agreement to share technology and policy developments as framed in the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement. However, why would China need to share our technology or why would we share it with them when they're really good at stealing our technology? And as a matter of fact, a Chinese spy was convicted today for attempting to steal U.S. trade secrets. When were they arrested? How long did it take for them to actually get from arrest to conviction? And are they just going to be spirited away to China as a thank you gift? Yeah, and they'll probably be let loose or cut loose under this agreement because I'm sure that um, he did something heinous and they're just going to let him go back home. We do have some agreements where people can go serve out their time in their home country, but if they did it at the behest of China, they'll just be let out. Apparently during their meeting, I guess John Kerry was in charge of this meeting well, for the U.S. Is, or he was a head representative. What do they call it now? He's not the climate czar. That was what Obama was. All of the people under Obama were, we're termed. czars. Czars. He's the cu- climate guru, activist, something. It's He's not a cabinet level position. He's just envoy. Envoy. Okay. Climate he was a, envoy. He was a climate envoy. Well, apparently the Chinese use a lot of forced labor for developing technologies like solar panels. And when he was asked about that, all he did was raise his eyebrows and basically ignored the question. You know, it's really funny that you bring that up because I was actually going to talk about this similar thing, which is that the US and China have come to some sort of an agreement. It's unclear what the contents of that agreement happened to be. But in this case, we've come to an agreement with China over climate change, whatever direction we're going to go, but we have not addressed the human rights violations. We have not addressed their forced labor camps, which is a part of human rights violations. I know we've talked about being spirited away before where these people are sent to re-education camps and they either die or they come back towing the party line, the Chinese Communist Party that is. And here we, we don't address those things. Speaking about towing the party line and being whisked off the prison, apparently there was a lady who was in the forefront of the COVID-19 startup there in Wuhan, and she brought it to everybody's attention being a freelance reporter, and she's actually been sent to a re-education camp, and her family, uh, specifically her mother, is saying that she's starving to death and about to die. Yeah, that's what happens when you speak out against China, but somehow we're still supposed to do business with them. We're, we're still supposed to make headway by, it really seems like we're turning a blind eye to all the bad things and saying, how can we get you to commit to the good things? Really, if we want to look at climate change from the standpoint that we're consuming too many goods from China, I mean, if they are not caring about the environment, they're polluting the environment, they're using forced labor, the answer would be quit doing business in China, quit allowing imports from China. And Trump did a really good one, which was 
bringing factories, reopening them, bringing it back to the U.S., having people work in the U.S. for the products that we consume instead of relying on forced labor and getting our, our cheap whatever. We want a $15 an hour minimum wage. We want $20 an hour. We want good family benefits, whatever it is. We got to put our money where our mouth is. We got to make it here in the U.S. and we got to pay people a living wage. If that is what you want, let us stop doing business with a country that hurts people, that kills people, that terrorizes people, human rights violations. We need to stop doing business with them. That's an interesting point. And let's bring that to the iPhone. I believe those are made over in China. Yes? Yes, guilty. Yeah, me me as well. So if uh, they brought the manufacturing of those phones back to the U.S. of A., if they were ever in this country... Would you be willing to, instead of paying $1,000 for the most recent iPhone, would you pay $15,000, $18,000, $2,000 for the same phone? At this point in my life, I would have to say yes, I would. On, on a couple grounds, I understand that it's a very expensive thing to think about. I personally had a bad surgical outcome from the VA. A consequence, one of the many consequences, unfortunately, was that I lost a lot of my hearing, and I wear hearing aids. My hearing aids are prescribed by by the VA, so every couple of years, every three years, I think, I get a new set, and they have a good selection. They give me, you know, a good, good level of choices, but many of those choices are with hearing aid, hearing aids that pair very well with the iPhone and very mediocre with other phones and their apps, if there was an opportunity for me to have another phone with an app that was just as good as the one that I can get on the iPhone. And this has been a couple pairs now, different manufacturers. I would switch. Even if it meant that I was going to be paying more for the other company, I don't always, I'm not beholden to Apple, but I do appreciate what they give me as a person with a disability. Well, absolutely. And value for the dollar, not to take anything away from the Chinese laborer, which is probably a young kid. 10 to 15 years old building these iPhones. I would be more than happy to pay that amount as well, especially if the quality of product goes up and everything's not just a disposable item where every one or two years you have to throw it away because it's a piece of junk. Right, I don't want disposable items, renewable, refreshable, US made. We can do better and we should do better and we shouldn't be beholden to a country that's gonna pay peanuts and ultimately harm their people. Well, seeing if these climate gurus would look into that as well, continuously manufacturing the same product over and over and over and over, um, if we would bring the quality of the item back up and not manufacture in uh, time limits, shelf lives, or defects, then we would help by cutting greenhouse gases and such just by having, say, let's say a washer. A washer from the 1970s or 60s would last 30 years, 40 years. 500 years. Absolutely. I bet you yes, and you have one now like we have, which is an absolute piece of junk. We've had it for three years, and I think I've put four or $500 worth of parts and my own labor into it, continuously fixing it. And that was after you already called people out to fix it when it was under warranty. That was so. after the five warranty jobs. Yeah, we get these manufacturers who I understand they want to make money. I don't begrudge them for wanting to make money, but I also think that we can make things serviceable. We can make things better than what we we expect. Oh, absolutely. But even the replacement parts for these things are inferior to the original parts that they put in them. Yeah, we're definitely uh, not doing ourselves any favors, but 
I look at all of the people that want to fight climate change and I understand that there are people on all sides of the spec or all sides on many sides and some say climate change doesn't exist some say only climate change exists and anything else that goes on in the world has nothing to do with anything except climate change case in point we can't say that we manage our forests poorly in california the only thing that you can say about fires in california is climate change you're not allowed to say let's manage better we'll still have fires we can still fight climate change but we can also manage our forest systems better you're not actually allowed to say that and in fact governor newsom has gone out to say unless your speech includes climate change he won't even talk to you about it you're a climate denier if you so what was the term they used before it was climate change do you remember oh it was called global warming oh yes we were yep global that name didn't stick Mm -mm. so climate change is now the new term so i wonder if it was global warming that was causing all the fires up there in the hills Right. And we, if you look at it, you look at the people who are talking about climate change and global warming. Well, one, if you want to just stick with climate change, our climate was always changing. Even before we put all of these gases and burning and all of that, our climate was changing. It was in a constant state of change. So I want somebody to extrapolate for me the difference between what our climate would actually change to anyway and what we're doing. Because all I see is, well, it used to be this, and now it's this, therefore it's our fault. But it was going to change anyway. Well, I always use Yosemite as my little springboard for global warming, weather changes, climate change, history of the world, whatever they want to term it this week. I believe there was a glacier up there quite a few years ago, and the glacier's no longer there because it melted. And I think if you go look at the little plaque up there where it used to be, it says that this glacier melted either hundreds of thousands or millions of years ago. Well, guess what? There were no cars. There were no airplanes, no trucks, no buses back then. So I would imagine then it was natural climate change by Mother Nature. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that, though. We don't want to talk about how the real thing is we are all, to a degree, dumb. We do not know everything yet. We're trying to act like we know everything. It's the first and time you called is... me dumb to my face. <laughs> yeah, to your face. <laughs> it's the first time I've called myself dumb to. No. <laughs> no, but the reality is we seem to think that we know everything. We are not unintelligent. We are always striving to learn more, and I respect that, and I think that we should. And we definitely need to change our calculations when we find that there are other factors. But to say that we have figured it out and we have only one way forward is ridiculous to me. And it's not accurate because even the computer modeling, when they try to model weather, cannot accurately predict weather modeling it. So if the artificial intelligence or computers can't figure it out, then the human cannot figure it out as well. We are not the smartest thing on the planet. Which is really funny that you bring that up because climate change activists will remind you that weather and climate change are not the same thing. But I would say that the statistical modeling for weather should be somewhat involved in the statistics that are modeled for climate change. Therefore, if you're getting one wrong and it's a week out, please tell me how you're going to get it right when it's years out. Yeah, they say it's not the same, but when two or three hurricanes whip through Florida, they blame it on climate change. 
oh, there's one more this year than there was last year. But we can only go back as far as we've been tracking, so we do not know how many hurricanes were rolling through the eastern seaboard 1,700 years ago. Yeah, we had, so I was stationed in Pensacola, Florida, but before that I was going through my my boot camp in Great Lakes, Illinois, and Hurricane Ivan hit in 2004, and it actually stopped me from being able to go to my, my first schooling, my first duty station. Could not get to Pensacola, Florida in September of 2004, which is when I was slated to get there. A bunch of other things happened. In the meantime, they did some of our our schooling up in Chicago or Great Lakes. And I was finally able to get to Pensacola, Florida in January. That hurricane season, I went through Tropical Storm Arlene. It was at first a hurricane, then it became a tropical storm. I went through Dennis. I went through Katrina. I went through... I left just before Rita. Wilma hit that year, and we just had all of this... Like, oh, look, it's, it's climate change, even back in 2005, and 2006 is going to be worse. And things tapered. And that's what happens. You're like, oh, it's going to be worse, and it tapers. Well, this is a version of worse because it's building up to the next one. And we can always say it's going to be worse some other time. And then once it finally gets bad, oh, okay, see, this is what I was talking about. This is worse. And then the next year, it tapers off again. Oh, absolutely. We'll roll that to a little quick story of boating last year or before covid yeah i guess it was last year because we still went to catalina island so my best friend and i were boating who you know as uncle kevin and we looked at weather before we left catalina and the weather god said that it was going to be foggy along the coastline but not until about eight o'clock and we'd still have about a half a mile visibility so we got about i'd say eight miles out off of the island heading towards the mainland and it's a 26 mile trip and we got zeroed out in fog at 7 o'clock in the morning, and we couldn't see anything. So going from the island to the mainland, when we were wrapped up in the fog, um, it should have been a quick trip. It ended up taking us three hours, but I followed Predict Wind and uh, NOAA weather, and it was dead wrong. It was absolutely wrong. And this is a National Ocean Atmospheric Administration that pulls weather by the minute, and we got hung up in fog. So global warming is global warming. Climate change is climate change, but it's an unpredictable thing. We have no idea what's going on. Again, I I really do believe that we are, for lack of a better word, I will come up with a better word, but we are dumb to think that we know everything. Really, we are, we can do the best that we can do. We shouldn't trash our environment. We should always strive to be better. I look at these things that they're trying to do oh let's go electric car by 2030 2035 by 20 whatever the the federal fleet is going to be electric car but we've already started to see that you can't put the batteries into landfills that what it takes to make an electric battery is destroying the earth in other parts of the world but we're okay because we can cover our eyeballs and forget x african country that has what we need and what we want. According to Biden, we can get across the United States on the equivalent of one tick of gas if only we would all go electric. And another thing too, it's just money. If you look at the cost of an electric car and how much it costs compared to a gas-powered car, who is going to be the most hurt by the decision to go electric? The people we claim to care the most about, people who are poor, 
people who are not as well off as the rich, but yet we're making rich people decisions. We are making rich people decisions in California and in the United States. And I understand we need to protect our earth. Those who hold the cards for the rich people decisions being Nancy Pelosi's husband somehow got in on the ground floor before it was announced that the federal fleet would go electric. Yay for him. Guess who gets the millions? Smartest guy in the world. Two quick points. We are dumb, but we're not really dumb. We're being dumbed down. That's the problem. That's true, too. Yeah. And going to uh, solar and batteries and lithium-ion technology, and let's pop that over to the East Coast because that's where most of the windmills are at. So when a windmill times out, or at least the blades time out after 20 years, they have to pull them down and they have to dispose of them. Well, guess what? They found that the material that they fabricate them out of they can't break the blades apart. So you have all these massive places all over Europe and all over the eastern seaboard that have two to 500 foot long blades that are just stacking up by the hundreds. So now we're creating landfills that really aren't landfills because they're not burying most of them. They're leaving them on the surface and they're just taking up hundreds of miles of surface. It's insane. We don't really have the answers, but we... Democrats and Republicans alike claim to have all the answers. Oh, let's do this. This will fix our our climate. This will fix our world. This will fix everything. Then you start looking into the science of that. And supposedly you're the science denier when you say, no, I disagree with whatever the case may be. But yet here they are filling landfills, filling the air, filling the environment, not actually filling landfills because you can't bury them all. And you're the one who denies science if you don't want to go with wind power. Well, it sounds like Dr. Fauci, if you're not in his field, then you don't know what you're talking about. He is the only resident expert. You're dumber than a box of rocks. Oh, look, there I go with dumb again. But he treats you like you're dumber than a box of rocks if you aren't him. He even treats another doctor like he's an idiot, and that'd be Dr. Rand Paul. Yeah, well, you're not the right kind of doctor. You're not the right kind of researcher. You're never the right kind of anything. You're, you're not on his level. So let's kind of follow that trend line, because I actually read a couple of articles today about the efficacy of vaccinations again in non-vaccinated people. And there was an article from BC, that'd be British Columbia. That's Canada, eh? Love you Canadians. Really cool people. What they're finding is fully vaccinated seniors made up to nearly half of BC's COVID-19 deaths in the month of October. That's news from Canada, not made up by Mark. Then we roll across the eastern seaboard all the way over to Germany. Germany's having some wild cases right now. There's 50,196 cases today, as of today, all new in 24 hours. That's the highest count since it began. It's up 67.4% for fully vaccinated people. Yeah, and we are trying to act like there's a difference between unvaccinated and fully vaccinated, and that is zero. That seems to be the in-some game. And then they start saying, oh, well, it's not exactly zero, but for people, it only affects people over the age of 84. So even if they're fully vaccinated, they're over the age of 84. So it's okay to, to say that it didn't really count them because they're old and immune compromised, whatever you want to add to that. That's interesting because I read another article along the same line, which was from three days ago from the LA Times. And I'm not going to paraphrase it, I'm going to actually read it. A study of 780,000 veterans shows a dramatic decline 
in effectiveness for all three COVID-19 vaccines in use in the USA. The efficacy of the vaccines declined by 35% to 85% according to a new study. In early March, they were about equal in their effectiveness, but by the end of September, the effectiveness of Moderna doses has gone to 55%, Pfizer's has gone to 58%, and Johnson & Johnson's has gone to 8%. However, the LA Times did have to throw their own little caveat in there that said that because most military people are old or older, we cannot use this study for the rest of the United States. Oh, but I would like to say something about that. I understand that, generally speaking, the VA services an older population, but if you look at disabled veterans, 25% of them come from OEF, OIF. Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom, we're talking post 9-11 veterans. 25%, even if they were, sad to say, but 75% of military members are one-timers. They do their one contract and then they get out. 25% are the ones that you see going up the ranks and staying in longer, renewing their contracts. So if you think about it, I'm not saying you personally do the math on it, but if you think about it, that would mean those individuals that were injured post 9-11 are very young. Absolutely. You have to be under the age of 35. At one point, we were accepting first-term enlistments up to 42, depending on your branch of service. But we are talking on the younger end of the spectrum when they first started getting in. So these are not extraordinarily old individuals, just old guys, you know, old vets. If you look at that, we are talking about a young population, a young disabled population. I myself am technically included in that. I am a post 9-11 vet. I am a disabled veteran. I did not serve in Iraq or Afghanistan. I don't have that same claim, but I am included in what the VA would have studied. I am not in the terribly old population that should just go off and die. But unfortunately, we do treat our veterans that way. I've been treated like that even at the VA at times. This is the drug we have to offer. It doesn't matter if it makes you a mental vegetable. This is all we are willing to give you. So that's who you're you're terming as, oh well. Well, the unfortunate thing is veterans or whichever study they do, that's irrelevant as to their age. It's okay that you die because you're old? Yes. Well, what's relevant is the fact that they do a study and whatever the result is, we have to accept the result for what it is. We have to be critical thinkers and understand that it isn't just Fauci's way or the highway. There's other people out there that are as smart and probably a lot smarter than he is. We just haven't seen them yet. They haven't been out into the limelight and shined. So we need to make sure when they do these studies, we don't let the LA Times, CBS News, NBC, ABC, Reuters, whomever, throw a little caveat in there. Yeah, the study says that if you would take, you know, ivermectin, for instance, your chances of having less symptoms is increased by 80%. Yet, because of the fact that ivermectin no longer has a patent, the patent has expired and anybody can make it, there's no value to these companies to bring it up in the forefront. 
It's interesting that one of our podcasters, or my favorite one, Joe Rogan, uh, brought ivermectin to the forefront when other doctors knew full well that it would work, and it took somebody like him to bring it forward so we can use it, and it actually works. You mean that horse medication? Yes, it actually works in a majority of the population. I don't care if it's free. I don't care if it costs $100. It should be in our toolbox as a tool to use to fight against this pandemic. Yeah, why are we taking tools out of our toolbox? You look at Florida, you look at the fact that they set up all these locations for monoclonal antibodies, and they were laughed at, they were cut down, called all kinds of names, and these other states that have made it very hard to get or that don't get as involved in it, they are seeing spikes in COVID. California right now is going through a spike. Other other states who don't seem to want to get on board with ivermectin or monoclonal antibodies, they seem to be having a much harder time. So why not use what works? I don't care who you are. I don't understand why you're just trying to say like, oh, well, that's crazy people talk. Well, right now I need a big old bunch of crazy because it works. Speaking of Dr. Fauci, and I know we've talked about these guys multiple times. We're about to have a monologue because I'm going to cut Mark's phone or Mark's uh, microphone off. He said he wasn't going to talk about it anymore, uh, and I already told you that I was going to do a, a mon- I'm just kidding. I know. Go ahead. But take take number five on this man. PETA again today has asked for Dr. Fauci to resign, and their reason for asking him to resign is the fact that he defends cruel and archaic use and punishment by torturing dogs, monkeys, and other animals. Dogs that have been used for years now, we have found that have never helped through studies one human being. That's all I'm gonna say about Dr. Fauci. Okay, well, I'm gonna say something, and I find it quite interesting that we're gonna, that a guy might be, might or might not be taken down by his treatment of animals. I typically do not agree with PETA. I, I love bacon. I love meat. I'm a meat eater. I grew up off of hunted food. My dad was a pretty good shot, so we got a nice freezer full of food on more than one occasion. We also had our own steer, so I am not anti-meat, but I do agree with PETA on the cruel and unusual, unethical treatment of animals, and I, I he cannot say anything that will change my mind in the defense of treating these animals that way absolutely and just for all you listeners out there the steer's name was t-bone to remind him of what he was getting to remind my daughters not to get attached to that beautiful looking steer that he was eventually going to end up as a ribeye and a t-bone on our plates at dinner and i gave up eating meat yes interesting thing is i was giving animals space long before these people up in california decided to because this steer had an entire acre and a half to roam all by himself he was fed the best foods yeah i heard he was quite tasty but i did get attached so i i would not know personally however i'm not anti uh, meat so there's a representative from minnesota I'm going to see if I can say her name properly without butchering it. It's Ilhan Omar. So from what I understand, she has come out again this week and said that we should forego evicting people currently for 
COVID and their mortgages and their rents and such. And actually, at face value, it's not a bad idea to suspend payments while we're going through this. If people legitimately can't find work, they're not being supplemented, and they just don't have money to sustain life or feed themselves or clothe and house themselves. However, for the renters, she needs to go to the mortgage companies and ask the mortgage companies to suspend the payments for the property owners. Because if the property owners cannot make their payments or their strokes, then they will not be able to hold on to the homes and they will get foreclosed on. So if they will get foreclosed on, then they will have to remove at some point in time the renter. So it's a positive thought, but apparently you didn't think it all the way through. We need to look at the mortgage companies for help first. It's quite interesting to look back at how we've done things with the mortgage companies. We had a financial crisis back in 2008. Obama became our our president, but between Bush, Obama, and the like, we ended up with businesses that were too big to fail. So are you going to say the same thing? Oh, you're too big to fail. And I understand they didn't necessarily make bad loans. They didn't see or foresee this coming. But there is a whole pipeline of people who are affected. So we do need to look at the entire picture, not just one piece of that said picture. Yeah, what's that? The sum total of the parts makes a whole? Yeah, we need to look at the renters who can't pay. Then we have to look and see about the landlords. They can't pay. Then it's the banks. So do they have to make good on interest payments to other people for whatever reason? So then what about that? Because if they're not getting their money in and they're still expected to put money out in other areas, how is that going to work? Absolutely. So watching a YouTube video this morning before I went to work, and this morning was at 4.30 this morning, and it's currently about 4.30 in the afternoon, I watched a gentleman at a house subcommittee, a doctor, his name is Dr. Peter Doshi, he's a PhD, associate professor and a pharmacy expert at the University of Maryland. And he was talking about critical thinking and the way these vaccines were put together and how he teaches his students and what he asks them to do. And it was interesting that he has his students look at the vaccines, he has them dissect them, and he has them absolutely try to make them a good thing or he tries to get his students to destroy the makeup of the vaccine. And it's just for class purposes only. It's not a real life scenario, it's just study. And it was interesting that he looked at vaccines and if you go to the dictionaries here recently, they have actually changed the way they label vaccines. And They've changed the definition just like Dr. Fauci yes. changed the definition. Thank of, you, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they changed the definition of the fac- vaccines back in January of 2021. And for 15 years, the mRNAs were not considered a vaccine. They were considered a shot. So his question posed to the congressman or the senators was, okay, shot. Are you willing to take a shot just so it will help you for six months and then have to take one every six months the rest of your life? Okay, hear me out. Have you ever or thought about the difference between a person who has received a vaccine and a person who has not received a vaccine? I have not. They will actually both be considered unvaccinated or not fully vaccinated for the rest of their life because you will have to continually get that shot. 
So there's actually, instead of a difference, there's a similarity between the unvaccinated and the people who have received the Moderna, Pfizer, or Johnson & Johnson. Neither one of them will ever be considered fully vaccinated. I also looked at a Dr. Johnson from the UK. He does a, a weekly program where he talks about the efficacy of the vaccines, talks about how many people worldwide are vaccinated. And it was interesting that last night he kind of went off the rails a little bit and talked about ivermectin and some of the new shots and some of the new medicines that are going to parallel ivermectin that Moderna and them are coming up with. And he also talked about how many people around the world do not believe in vaccinations for children. So if you look at the definition in Webster's, the definition of anti-vaxxers, you could actually take 50% of the world and put them in that category. And it's really not that they're anti-vaxxers. They just don't feel it's necessary to vaccinate their kids or some of the younger adults. It's funny that you bring up Moderna. Did you know Moderna has a patent pending for their vaccine? That they, well, we'll go with the definition that it meets the definition of vaccine. So Moderna currently has a patent pending on their vaccination for COVID-19. And the NIH has come out and said that Moderna wrongfully left off the employees at the NIH who were involved in making that vaccine and wants them included in the patent because they should own their portion of the patent. Does Dr. Of, Fauci's wife work at the NIH? I believe so. I don't know if she was involved in it, but I just find it quite interesting that the people who are telling us, yeah, 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 get this vaccine, get this vaccine, it's ultra important, also own a piece of the pie. They own that piece. So are they doing it because they really want us to get it and it's good for us, or are they doing it because it also means money in their pocket? <laughs> Only they can answer that truthfully and honestly. But I did. I, I don't know much about the Catholic Church and the Catholic faith, but I did start to read an article from a Facebook post the other night of, what do they call them, clergy? They're clergy yeah, members. clergy, and he was way up at the top of the chain of command there, and he was talking about the ingredients in the vaccines and how you have to think about your religious beliefs and if you're for something like that or against it. And I won't go into what's in them because you can kind of figure it out. If it's with a church, it has to do with, I'm sure, abortion mm -hmm. or fetuses being used as part of the chemical makeup of the vaccine. However, he did talk about some other chemicals that were in there and governments that have given private companies funding to do research with radio antennas 2.4 gigahertz and higher so they can start tracking people even closer than we're tracked now through this particular metal that's in the vaccine. And I don't have the name in front of me. I'll bring it up next week when we talk about non-COVID and Fauci subjects, which I promised I wouldn't talk about. <laughs> It's kind of hard not to talk about it when it is a part of your everyday yes, life. Yes, and it's been going on for 18 months. But apparently this gentleman is very thoroughly versed in the vaccines and COVID and the Catholic Church and how they feel they should handle mandatory vaccines or non-mandatory stuff here in the near future. And hopefully I can find the article, reread the whole thing, and then paraphrase some of the, the parts of the article next week. Sounds good. So... I have to ask a question since you lived on the islands of Aloha for a year. And I don't know if Representative Tusi Gabbard was Tulsi. 
or Tulsi. I always say her name wrong. I still say I don't know if Representative Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard. I don't know if she was your rep when you were there. But anyway, I watched her again on the news wrong. last night, and I don't think she's a Democrat. I, I just don't believe she knows it, or if she is, she's from the old school, very moderate, or she portrays herself as very moderate because she's saying all the things that I like to hear from a person that believes in America. And I think this comes from her military background. Is She believes in America. She believes in America, the American citizens. She believes what the Democratic Party right now is doing is un-American, and it needs to be stopped now and corrected. Yeah, she has some pretty good things to say. I do appreciate what she brings to the table. I do think she is a Democrat now of old where it's more mo- where she was more moderate. Um, a moderate Democrat doesn't seem to be as acceptable nowadays. I don't think she ever would have been elected if she ran off of an R ticket. It doesn't matter if she said the same things that got her elected. An R would have not gotten her elected. And that was in my notes for the discussion about her was the fact that it's predominantly Democrat on the islands. And had she run as a Republican, she would not have gotten elected saying exactly what you just said. You are 100% right. You nailed it. It's unfortunate that we don't actually care what people have to say. We care about the R, the D, the I. I mean, if you look at Bernie Sanders, he is from Vermont. He runs as an independent when he runs for Senate. He runs as a Democrat when he runs off the big ticket. For president, yes. Mm-hmm. But he runs as an independent, and Vermont accepts that. They they vote for him. They like him. It's enough for them. But it's not enough for the United States if you run independent. So he just accepted that D, even though he's really an independent, has independent mindsets. You have to have that D or that R. So is he independent or is he more socialist than Well, I mean, he's an independent yeah. socialist. Or he's a democratic socialist. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. So yeah. I have a question. What's Te- that? Telephones. And you can edit this out or not. I don't care. Is it a burner phone? Is what a burner phone? Our phones on Hawaii Five O, burner uh, phones. That is. Or are they prepaid phones? They are prepaid phones. They are not burner phones. Because I heard an actual police officer on a news clip two days ago call it a burner phone that a crook had on him. He's just watching too much Hawaii Five O, which went off the air. So. They're going to change it up now. It's probably wise. Too many burner phones. They couldn't keep up. Couldn't keep up. So let's talk about our wonderful leader in this country. Mark? Yes. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about Mark. Let's talk about Mark. He's an excellent leader. Now let's talk about Joe Biden. Joe, I can't remember my last name, Biden. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's go, Brandon. He probably thinks his name is Brandon now, which is not surprising. Well, he could have a legal name change if he wanted to. He's not too old. No, you're never too old for a legal name change. So if you want to look at Mr. Joe Biden and all that he is doing for this country, we had the pullout in Afghanistan, which went phenomenally. I mean, Best ever. Best pullout. You, you look at before that, he took the Houthi off of the terrorist list. So they were no longer considered terrorists about a month after he took office. And so... Why do I bring that up? Well, the Iranian-backed Houthi 
just took over the U.S. Embassy in Yemen. Now, mind you, it was closed as far as U.S. personnel was concerned, but it still had personnel in their Yemeni personnel. So the Houthi just took over the U.S. Embassy, and now the United States is a part of negotiating the release of captured individuals, the hostages, from Yemen. So... Would we consider the Houthi terrorists, or because Joe Biden says they're not terrorists, we would... Well, they're not terrorists just because he says so. But yeah, so now we're running up against the newest issue. So now we have Yemen, and we look at people who were marked terrorists, and you want to say that those doing a hostile takeover of a U.S. embassy, and I get that it didn't have U.S. personnel anymore because of the terrorism that was going on, and say, well, that wasn't terrorists that took over. They're just Iranian-backed good guys. Well, they're the guys that came up with that saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's just the flavor of the month. So as soon as the next president comes in, they'll redeem them terrorists again, and then we'll just do a reset and start from square one. And I would like to know that there are still issues going on in Afghanistan. It didn't end just because the media seemed to stop talking about it. So now we have people who are stuck in Afghanistan. They cannot get to the United States. They either helped us or the United States citizens. They cannot get back or to the United States. We have Yemeni individuals who worked in the U.S. Embassy who arguably helped the U.S. And now Iranian-backed Houthi are, have taken over the embassy, are holding hostages, and we are also doing negotiations with that so the negotiations do they involve the same thing that we did in in Afghanistan which is to give up the names of the people give up the locations give up family information and get them killed well it goes back to that Bo Bergdahl thing they'll just give up money to release a handful of people well it'll end up costing us a million or two per person to get them released it was money and it was five terrorists five terrorists from Guantanamo and one of them ended up being killed, I believe, back on the battlefield, yes. if I understand correctly. Yes. It, it's crazy and interesting. I, it, these ebbs and flows, as I'm getting older, really get old, and <laughs> no pun intended. But you just have these cycles where gas prices go down, grocery prices go down, everything economically goes down, jobs go up, and we do great. And then for some reason, Americans get PO'd at whoever's in office. They want to change. They do a change like we did with Mr. Biden, and then everything goes the opposite direction. Yeah, well, if you look at what's going on with Biden, we've been told by Biden that inflation is a good thing. I mean, we're at a 30-year high with inflation, yet it was because he gave us money that we have money to spend. It was our our 4th of July, the cost was down by 14 cents, but if you look at our, our turkey day, Thanksgiving and Christmas alike, we're looking at paying $10, $20 more. So he's doing great things for us. But just think about it, though. You know, I was just having a thought here while you were speaking so eloquently. Is is it really Biden? Look at him when he's in the public's view. The guy can't put together two sentences in a row without messing up. He can't put two sentences together without making mistakes. I don't think that he has cognitive abilities or reasoning any longer because of his brain tumors and all the other things that have gone on with him. I really believe watching that 60 Minutes interview with Barack Obama where he said he would love a third term if there was a puppet in there 
and he was just pulling the strings that he would do it and i believe that it's him susan rice and others from obama's administration that are actually running the country right now that's an in- interesting way of viewing things but i will say with president biden if we look at him and look what he has to say and you're saying that it's a puppet pulling string you know he's the puppet and people are pulling strings and if you look at it that way which part is really him and which part is not him well it's weekend at bernie's with an actual live person and not a dead person well i mean yesterday he did say that satchel page was the great negro of the time now mind you president obama put in a little order for the government not to use that term anymore. You could not use Negro anymore. Correct. I mean, Biden wouldn't be a racist, would he? Well, his history says that he is. All people had to do was look at past videos, look at the man, look at the sum total of the parts, and he is a bigot. He's a bigot that's gotten away with a lot. So is it when he goes off script, he's really being himself when he's not reading that teleprompter? Because it seemed like he started to turn from whatever he was supposed to read and start giving his own opinion or or personal side of things, and that's when he starts saying racist garbage. And that's why five or six press conferences back, he actually made that statement that he has to watch what he says because if he says the wrong things, he'll get in trouble by the people in the White House. Yeah, who does he get in trouble by? He, he is the leader of the free world, yet he's going to get in trouble? So speaking of getting in trouble with Biden, since we don't have a border crisis... I thought I would just read out some numbers. Which they finished is, the wall? They did. Oh, awesome. and they that got, was quick. They got rid of it, actually. Everybody is following the law now. Well, did you see how Texas is building their wall? How dare they do it themselves? Shipping containers. <laughs> I thought you couldn't get those. Empty ones you can. Oh, okay. 2500 bucks a piece at Lowe's. So in, in the border crisis or non-crisis... Last year, we had 360,783 for the number of single adults that came across the border and somewhere under 20,000 unaccompanied minors. This fiscal year, we are at 1,063,285, so that's give or take threefold. Quite a few for a non-border crisis. Yes, and the unaccompanied minors is now at 144,834, so more than seven times the amount. Wow. So for a non-border crisis, we're kind of looking at a lot of people crossing the border. Well, they're crossing the border, but they're not really doing it illegally, right, if the border's wide open for them? If they've been told to come, does that make it illegal? No, I, I think Biden and Harris told them all to come, so it's not illegal. And, that's and what they all make the, the laws, right? Yeah, that's what all the t-shirts say from them people that are coming up. Biden said come. Biden said come. Come now, because it's only going to be open for so long. Yeah, so the, that that's what we're looking at now is a non-border crisis. So, we live in California. It's supposed to be the best state in the union, according to us, 20 years ago. Now it's one of the worst because of our high taxes, high mortgages, terrible air, global warming, climate change, lack of water, too overpopulated. So is the state and uh, are we the problem or is the leadership in Sacramento the problem? It's got to be us because we don't believe in climate change 
enough, like the way they believe in climate change, so it's our fault. Taxes only have to get higher to fight climate change. I mean, they haven't really told me what it's going for, but our taxes are going up. That's the only way to fight it, to go to some question mark. And if you look at President Biden and Vice President Harris when they ran, Biden assured us that anyone making less than $400,000 a year wouldn't see a tax increase. But here we are in California. They found ways to increase our taxes. And it turns out in our latest infrastructure bill that we are going to see a tax increase. Yeah, I saw that on the news yesterday. How kind of them. Yep. I really appreciate them allowing me to work 10 to 14 hours a day. And that's me. Okay, I work 10 to 14 hours a day. Get a paycheck take taxes out of it at the end of the year they look at what we've paid in ah, not enough it is never enough we it will more. never be enough they say go solar if you go solar that helps the environment we can close down some of the power plants and you can just produce your power from the sun so i do that i comply i finally capitulate after x amount of years and i fall in line with everybody else so oh my god this is pretty cool i'm actually saving money so what happens? Our local county raises my property taxes and 90% of the money that I'm saving now on my solar, we now have to pay to the county and increase property taxes. Bummer. Yep, it will never be enough. It's never enough and it never ends. They take, 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 take. I tried putting my wallet in my front pocket instead of my back pocket because they were picking it. Didn't do any good. They have some really slick people there. They have some creative writers that can figure out how to tax a plastic bag that you've picked up from the store that you paid 10 cents for and you've reused it 400 times and it's worn out but when you go to recycle it oh in your water and garbage bill there's a bill in there for the plastic bag it's never enough so we'll find ways to take more it's your fault that you have this it's always your fault it's your fault for breathing so let's tax you more it's your fault for existing so let's tax you more we sold you on certain ideals. Let's tax you more. That's what I understand. That uh, now that we um, have done something with carbon dioxide here in California, I think they're going to figure out a way to tax you as you're breathing as well, your exhalation. Well, we got to this point where we said electric vehicles are better, hybrid vehicles are better, so we started driving those. They sold us on that. So we start driving those to be better to the environment and to be better all around. And then their response to that is, oh, well, you're not subject to the gas tax because you're not paying enough in taxes. So we're not only going to charge people a gas tax, now we're going to charge people a road tax based on your per mile usage. So thank you for switching like we encouraged you to do. We're going to find another way to tax you. Thank you all for going electric. And by the way, when you buy a little electric and it's out of warranty, you pay $30,000 for the car. The battery costs $30,000. Or more. Or more. So if you buy the car, your warranty ends after three, four years. The minute after that, your batteries will cost you more than the car itself. And they're built to time out shortly after your warranty has expired. Yes, sir. So we've touched on the National School Board before and how they contacted... Attorney General Garland and his people to request an investigation into parents who were acting as domestic terrorists 
It turns out that the the National School School Board worked with the DOJ to craft the language to get Garland to accept the letter that parents were terrorists. Yes, and isn't that interesting that we don't talk all week about what we're going to talk about until we get together and I think you either cheated off of my notes. Crib sheet. <laughs> uh-huh. Or I cheated off of your notes because I have the exact same notes written down that the schools, uh, the leadership collaborated with the White House before they went to Garland and before they did what they did. And I still don't understand why the school board members, if they were so scared, which obviously they weren't, this was all a ruse. Why they didn't go to their local Leos and say, hey, we have a handful of people here that are getting out of control. Please help. Please fix it. Well, if you look at the Virginia, Loudoun County, Virginia school board meeting that went on and the dad that was dragged out after going to stand up for his daughter, there was local Leo there. And he was the one cited as problematic for the school board and essentially a domestic terrorist. His daughter was raped and he was there to speak out against a policy that he thought helped contribute to this and they are labeling him a domestic terrorist. So it doesn't matter what you say, you will always be wrong, you will always be the bad guy. So then local law enforcement was already on top of it so there was no need Mm -hmm. for... They dragged him out. Yes, there was no need for them to go to Garland and for him to go to the FBI and have them go strong-arm parents. Because we don't want parents speaking out. We talk about how we want parents involved, and then parents get involved, and we say, you're not involved in the right ways. You're not doing exactly what I want you to do when I want you to do it. I must be right. You must be wrong. Never mind that they found teachers who have talked about training up little Antifa members and have Antifa flags and everything else. Uh, having children pledge allegiance to the LBGT flag. Never mind that. You're wrong. You'll always be wrong, no matter what you say. So that goes to BLM back in New York, Black Lives Matter. We can transition over to there. Apparently, they want to bring back a task force in New York to help cut down on gun crime and all the murders that are happening, all this because of lack of law enforcement. So it's, it appears that the BLM, current BLM leader has come out and told the police department there in leadership that if you go back to your old-style tactics, then we're going to start marching and rioting again. So that would be the guy back in the day that yells fire in a crowded movie theater or a crowded room. This gentleman needs to be pulled aside and say, look, we have people of color being murdered because a person of color like yourself has decided that you don't want law enforcement to enforce laws. You want total mayhem and corruption here in New York. We're going to fix it. You're going to sit on the sidelines. And you are not, I repeat, you are not going to incite riots or anything of, of a nature. I think we run into this problem where we want to balance and get out what has not worked in our past, what has been bad in our past, and what we we shouldn't go back to. But our future shouldn't be that if you do anything, you're 
you'll also be termed as wrong and we're going to burn down the city. Right, but here's the interesting thing. I believe it's this, the number is 65 or 70% of the New York PD are people of color. So it's either people of color beating on people of color or their stats of how many people of color have been beaten, murdered, drug out of cars is not a factual number. Yeah, we looking at the overall, we can get numbers and sometimes we don't end up having the right the right numbers or things get skewed and it can get skewed on both sides but we do have to have a way forward and it can't be all on one side or all on the other right there has has to be be a balance balance. there has to be a balance absolutely and our ways of the past have not always been good by any means but i think we're a heck of a lot better than we were even two years ago yeah, I, I would have to agree that we are pushing towards better. We can definitely do better, and we should expect better. I think that's what they did with Fauci. They just used him to kill all the bad people. So, so another thing that happened over the last couple of weeks when our governor, he was supposed to go to the climate conference, and he chose to bow. Will you knock that off? No, I got a handsome feller sitting next to me now. So the family has showed up, so we are going to... Um, get worked on wrapping this up a little bit but talking about the governor governor newsom decided to skip out on all duties for a couple of weeks there was talk going around about whether or not he had a reaction to his booster shot or why he did it they said it was family obligations but it seemed to come out of nowhere so we had our governor decide that he was going to go silent We don't hear much about him, but then pictures start showing up of him and Aunt Nancy. Apparently, Aunt Nancy decided to officiate the wedding of a billionaire heiress. And our governor was there, too. But he couldn't be bothered going to the climate conference that he had signed up for. He couldn't be bothered to to call into the climate conference. He just went dark for weeks, citing family obligations but going to a billionaire heiress wedding and being massless with a bunch of other individuals was not beyond him. Right, but if you looked at the picture of him Halloween night with his kids, either he had an extremely awesome costume on or he was not feeling well from that second shot. No, they let it be known publicly that he was just doing family obligations, that it had nothing to do with being under the weather. And it was the very first time in his career as governor or as um, mayor of, I believe, or San Francisco, that he was not in the public's view at least once a day for the entire time. Yeah, it was several weeks before he came out. And instead of being up front, we're canceling due to X, Y, Z, it was people asking questions. And then he finally said, oh, okay, it's because of family obligations. Well, we'll see what happens. If he ever has to go through a metal detector, we'll know that the shot had a lot of metal in it, too. Well, the shots did have metal, and that's why people were dying in Japan, because they were contaminated. That's why you can use a radio antenna that's 2.4 gigahertz or higher, and I can track you if you've had the shot. Have you tried it? Are you tracking your coworkers? I have. I'm tracking every one of them. I know all the good hiding places in the hangar. So one of the wonderful things about our representatives is that they go to different places even when they cancel going to a climate conference. But uh, Kamala Harris, our vice president, went to France and was talking to 
French people about various subjects, and while giving her interpretation of things, she decided to fake a French accent. So I thought that was very interesting that she's speaking to people in France faking a French accent. I did not see that. How did it sound? Was she pretty good at it? No, Pepe Le Pew <laughs> did a better job. Pepe Le Pew did a better job? Yeah, I missed that news clip. Yep, she decided to speak with a fake French accent, and it's just like Biden telling stories of racist stories, and somehow we just say, oh, it's okay because, and if you bring up the reasons why you might dislike Biden or Harris, it's just because you're racist. I mean, they had 81 million people vote for them, but now that they're down to 30%, 30-something percent, as their approval rating, you dislike them because you're racist, but you approve to them because you're racist. Right, but that's probably the actual real numbers. If you look at how many votes he probably actually got, it's probably in the 30% range. That's probably the actual real people that supported him and voted for him. All of the other racist people out there? Yep. Cheers, Cheers to family. So I know we've touched on school boards and whether or not not whether or not that the the national school board worked with the doj to craft language but something else that i would like to bring up is the person who decided on whether or not to investigate is the same person who supports his son-in-law so it's attorney general garland supports his son-in-law in his business which is to sell critical race theory yes to more than 20,000 schools. So no conflict of interest there with parents saying, I don't want I don't want CRT in my school. He says, okay, they're domestic terrorists. Let's get them out and continue CRT. It financially benefits his family, his son-in-law. What is CRT? Critical race theory, which depending on how you view it, okay, so there are some who say we need to teach real history, which I do agree with. We have... A bad history that sometimes we do gloss over depending on your area of what things are really like and we should teach real history in our schools so but what it also ha- is is equity and inclusion is what it's also termed as so now that we have equity we have people who are trying to have the same outcome not have started not necessarily have started from the same starting point but they want the ending point to be the to same be the same yes. right so critical race theory you just said is what again so critical race theory the claim is that we are teaching people real history that's okay. the claim real history real history therefore why are we removing statues from around the world or from around the u.s excuse me is that not real history It is, but it's also saying that we idolize them a little bit too much. So my argument to that would be that we should have no statues. Because there is going to be something in everyone's past that's bad. My past, your past, someone's going to look at at it and say they have a bad past because of XYZ. Well, then we'd be vanilla and pretty bland. We should never have any statues. I don't understand why we're fighting to put up any statues anymore. If you want to take them all down, take them all down. But don't add any at all because there is going to be somebody's past whatever statue you try to put up that's going to be bad so then the first one we should started with is the statue of liberty because it has some meaning to some 
but it may have other meanings to others. It was a gift from France. Doesn't matter. Should we put a French accent General Lee's on it? General statue okay? was a gift from somebody. You know, all the other statues were a gift from somebody. History's history. You know, I hate to be that old person, that old person. Yeah, I hate to be that old person that says, if you try to hide your history, then you're doomed to repeat it. Correct? Correct. All right. So the statues are there. Leave them. Let's use them as a building block and let's use them as a tool. Let's use them as a tool to learn, so not, if you, not to hide from. So if you look at the Holocaust, there are areas overseas that still have standing remembrances of the Holocaust. So instead of tearing down the buildings, the concentration camps, etc., they have left them standing, not to idolize it, but to show this was our bad history and this is where we need to go forward. Absolutely, so we need to move forward from here. So what it's there for doesn't have to mean the same thing that it meant however many years ago. It can mean this is where we came from and this is where we're going to now. And if you look at what happened after 1865, uh, slavery was supposed to end. Declaration came across in, I believe, 1863, and it took until 1865. But if you look at our history, we didn't always do it right, so why not point to those places and say this is where we got it wrong? And this is now where we need to get it right. Absolutely. And that's where you can take that statue that was there and take the fence down and put a current statue of a current great black person or a Hispanic or even a, a white person that's done good for the world, for the states, and put them side by side. So you can take students by there and say, this is a part of our history that was not so good. This is how far in 50 years, 100 years, 200 we've come. Look how much better we're doing now. Instead of just having the one on the right that says, oh, we've been good forever. We've never been bad. Right. We don't need to, to lie and we can talk about real history. And one of the things that I want to get into, maybe we are, well, we are running out of time now, but one of the things I would like to get into is the equity and inclusion. People should be included. People should have voices and we should talk all sides. But when we talk about equity of outcome, I really want to look into what that means. Does it mean that we all end up at the same place at the, the finish line? We all end up at the finish line and we decide what the finish line looks like? Is it certain information, a certain way of being, a certain thought process? And if that's what we need is the, the equity in our outcome, if we look at schooling and we say this is the, uh, how much math you have to learn, this is how much science you have to learn, this is the relational aspect, someone completes all that at the age of seven, 12, 19, 27, do we wait until the person gets there? So we don't say school age is from whatever to 18. It's actually that your outcome has to be the same and that can happen at any age. Well, that's why we'll never have an identical outcome. Because I can tell you right now, I will never be, could have never been a doctor, no matter how hard I studied, because it just wasn't my path. I just didn't have the mindset for it. And I think watching what he does through his career... Pointed to my husband. Yes. I do not believe that I could have done that as well, even if I went back 30 years and started. And tried. I'm just not gear-setted that way. So everybody could start the same at the starting line. But in everything in life, car racing, boat racing, jogging, cross-country, math, English, the sciences, we all end up in a different place. That's just the fact of the human condition well and to go off of that 
we can all start at the same place, but what happens when we don't all start at the same place? I look at our California educational system, and one of the things that we see, even in our, our two cities that are nearby, Fresno and Clovis, Clovis per pupil gets less money than Fresno per pupil. And the reason behind that is Fresno typically, on average, has a higher population that is socioeconomically disadvantaged. So in order to get them to elevate to a place of sameness, it takes more money because they started from a lower rung on the ladder. So if you're looking at it that way, Clovis should get less money per pupil because they don't start as far into the struggle as others, or is they, they actually have bypassed part of the struggle socioeconomically. Right, and that's where we need to think of the whole structure, the structure as a whole, because if we're gonna send 500 billion dollars to a Muslim country or an Indonesian place to help them economically and education wise we need to be fit first before we try to help others we then we can what, yeah, what then we can do. start at the same place bye well thank you very much this has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.